Welcome to Fintech Unfiltered. I'm your host, Rick Morgan. Today's episode of Fintech Unfiltered is brought to you by Blend. Get known for drama-free lending with Blend's digital lending platform. Visit blend.com slash drama-free to learn more today. I'm joined today by Noah Breslow, CEO of the small business lending company OnDeck. OnDeck has given out $12 billion to businesses globally since its founding in 2007. The company offers term loans from between $5,000 and $500,000 and lines of credit from between $6,000 and $100,000. Noah, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having us, Rick. Really great to be here. So uh, I want to get started by talking about um, sort of the quarter you guys had. You know, OnDeck had a great quarter and is expected to beat its previous net income predictions. Uh, is OnDeck doing anything differently, or do you think this just reflects sort of a general change in the market? Yeah, no, we had a really solid uh, third quarter, definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, we had sort of nice growth in originations, and I think folks were you know, relieved to see our credit metrics kind of coming back into line with our general guidance range. Um, so we were able to sort of beat expectations within the quarter and then raise expectations modestly for the rest of the year. Um, and, you know, no, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're sort of doing what we've done for, for 12 years, which is trying to serve our customers, be competitive in the market. Um, but, you know, we did have some nice traction in the quarter from our line of credit product, which is growing well year over year, and actually our newly uh, developed uh, equipment finance product grew nicely in the quarter as well. Your subsidiary and sort of white label product for banks, ODX, is gaining a lot of headwind, uh, notably with Investors Bank. Uh, how does that sort of fit into your overall business model? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, on deck started obviously as a lending uh, company, an online lender to small businesses. And in the course of building up the lending business, you know, we created this technology. And we're not so, um, you know, naive at on deck to think that we can reach every single small business owner on our own. And, and so the idea came about, you know, three, four years ago to really start, um, you know, leveraging this technology and potentially even selling this technology to banks. And then so in 2018, what we did is we actually set up ODX as a wholly owned subsidiary. Uh, built out a leadership team for, for the company. And uh, we were very happy to announce Investors Bank a couple days uh, before our earnings call. And we actually, on the earnings call, said as well that we expect to sign additional banks uh, before year-end. So I think our feeling is, you know, we have our lending business, which historically is focused on underserved small businesses probably a little bit riskier, a little bit smaller than those that are served by a traditional bank. Uh, but we also think that traditional banks will embrace online lending, but their risk appetites may not change. So kind of for that, you know, much less risky customer or slightly larger customer, you know, we think the ODX solution makes a ton of sense uh, for banks to look at if they want to offer small business loans online. So during your third quarter earnings call, uh, you mentioned that the company is actively pursuing a bank charter. Can you talk a little bit about where you guys are in that process? Yeah, so that um, you know is a is a change we made a couple quarters ago in terms of our language around the bank charter. So for a long time, we said we were evaluating a bank charter. So this is not a new thing for us. We've been studying the opportunity uh, to to obtain a bank charter for years, um, but we had gotten far enough along uh, in our process that we felt like we needed to say to the market, "Look, it's not just now evaluating, but it's now pursuing." And so, um, you know, we've studied a number of different options. Uh, we do think an actual bank charter makes sense uh, for us versus 
say, the OCC FinTech Charter because we are a lender, and ultimately lenders need uh, you know stable sources of capital. Deposits are one such source of capital. Um, so we think there's opportunities for you know stable sources of capital, potentially lower cost sources of capital, um, and also more products and services, you know, kind of overall. But you know, unfortunately, we can't say too much about where we are in the process. Um, but we are definitely you know moving. Um, we've we've hired a number of professional service firms to assist us. Uh, you know, we're engaging with different regulators as we speak, and we'll hopefully have more to say about that in the next kind of three to six months. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, this is kind of a, a hot button issue right now because there's a lot of other uh, fintech companies that are trying to go this route as well. Uh, Varo, for example, comes to mind. I mean, uh, why, why do you think that this is becoming such a, a, um, a sought after route, I guess, in the uh, fintech world? Yeah, no, that's a great question, and we realize that there's a number of fintechs that are that are pursuing this, and so, um, you know, I think it, it, it's a couple things. I mean, one is, uh, you know, for the online lenders, uh, you know, you look at a lending club or an on deck, uh, you know, we, we, we use and consume a fair amount of capital and to make our loans and manage our loan portfolios, and so that idea of, you know, a stable source of capital and deposits is, is, is a good thing, right? It's a good thing to keep loans flowing in both kind of, you know, good times and when maybe the econo- economy is not so good, so that, that's a big piece of it. Um, you know, I think also from a regulatory point of view, um, you know, the bank uh, regulatory framework is more of a national framework, and uh, you're not as maybe susceptible to changes in regulation at the state level, so I think that's appealing for a lot of fintechs. Um, and I think you're also seeing in, in financial technology right now this idea of almost a rebundling of services. And so a lot of fintechs that started out, including ourselves, being really single product companies, we're all adding multiple products. And now OnDeck has, you know, three different loan products that we offer our customers. But, you know, our customers ask us for more, and they would be excited, I think, to buy uh, credit or, you know, checking or savings type products from us, um, as well as the lending products. And so I think this idea of, you know, selling more products to the same customers, you know, making sure you have a stable regulatory kind of bedrock, um, and then access to capital, I think that's driving a lot of fintechs towards a bank charter right now. Yeah, that's an interesting point, and actually one that I hadn't hadn't thought of too much, the the rebundling aspect that you mentioned. Um, Is this sort of an indication that that on deck wants to become more of a bank than just a lender certainly if we're lucky enough to to get a bank charter that is absolutely the idea um and and sort of moving on uh from from a pure lending business model to more of a digital bank for small business uh, type model i mean we're, we're very passionate about the customers we serve these are mom and pop kind of mainstream uh, main street small businesses mm-hmm. that are you know you generally less than five million dollars in revenue this is a sort of a forgotten segment in in traditional banking traditional banking has largely focused on you know large commercial enterprises or consumer uh, and so you know small business is often stuck in the middle so the thinking is you know a digital bank that's exclusively focused on this sector uh, has a lot to offer the market and we can build a lot of really cool products and solutions that that resonate with our customer base yeah you mentioned something else that I thought was interesting uh, just now the the idea that the good times aren't going to last forever I mean do you think having a banking license sort of gives you some sort of protection for uh, a potential upcoming recession or is I mean where, where does that sort of fit into this yeah, I think it does. I mean, um, you know, you look at uh, different sources of capital, and, and certainly in the 2008-2009 timeframe, the capital market seized up a bit. And, and so if you were a bank, and that's actually when a lot of uh, monoline lenders became banks or bought banks or merged with banks, was partially to preserve access to capital. So I do think, you know, in a down economy, 
you might um, see more people gravitating towards towards bank charters. You know, that being said, uh, you know, the types of assets we originate, the uh, the sort of health of those assets, uh, we believe we can maintain access to capital in a downturn, even if we don't have a bank charter. But certainly having more options is better, and, and having access to deposit capital would certainly be a, a stabilizing force, I think, in an economic downturn. Absolutely. So, uh, can you talk a little bit about, as someone who's going through this, um, what some of the challenges are during this process? I mean, I, you know, I've done research on it because I've done past stories about companies searching for bank charters. But you know, as someone who's actually doing it, what are some of the challenges that um, that you have to sort of hurdle to to get there? Yeah, look, I think it's um, it, it's not a process for the faint of heart, right? It, it's uh, it's uh, banking is a highly regulated industry for a reason, and sure. if you take deposits from consumers or small businesses, you know you have to protect them, and I and you can very much understand where the regulators are coming from. So, you know, it's a heavy lift, um, and you have to look at your readiness across all areas of the enterprise. I think for us, we have two uh, sort of things in our favor that have helped us feel more ready to do this, maybe than some others out there in the market. The first is we're a publicly traded, profitable company, and so. Um, you know, going public, we're now regulated by the SEC. We had to really upgrade our, you know, our finance function, our legal function, our internal audit function, our compliance function, and we we really uh, deal with a lot of the same issues that you would deal with if if you had to uh, work with banking regulators. And so the the SEC and the going public process is is a part of it. And obviously, regulators want to uh, only give charters to people who are very stable. And so on deck now has been profitable for six straight quarters. I think it's seven of the last eight. And, and so. We, um, you know, we are a very um, well capitalized entity. Our leverage ratio is only 2.6 to one, and, and and the average bank leverage ratio is like around 10 to one. Uh, so we are we are well capitalized for our loan book size and and a very uh, stable molecule, um, you know, at this point. So I think that's that's sort of you know one one thing that gets us ready. The other is you know the ODX business, which you referred to earlier. So we've actually been providing you know kind of white label lending platform services to banks for for several years now, and so as part of that process. You know, we've gotten our, you know, um, processes and procedures looked at by the regulators of the banks that we're working with. And we've also upgraded a lot of things in our infrastructure around data security, around business continuity and resiliency, um, around compliance, around fraud and AML, um, you know, to, to a bank level of standard. And, uh, and we actually partner with a bank today, Celtic Bank in Utah, uh, to originate some of our loans as well. And they audit us every year. So, you know, long story short is, you know, I think we've, we've closed many of the gaps between, you know, where I think most fintechs are and, and what a bank needs to do already. Uh, but there's definitely a, a big lift on that next mile of, of capabilities, and, and we're investing in those capabilities right now. Um, is you know getting the right personnel part of that? I know you guys have made some hires recently as well that, that probably make you more favorable in terms of regulators' eyes. Yeah, we've been working towards that for the last couple of years. So, so I think your team is absolutely a big part of it. And my background is in technology more so than banking. And so, you know, we've been lucky enough to surround ourselves with banking expertise, both at the board level and on the management team. So a great example of this is Ken Browse, who joined as CFO uh, about a year and a half ago. Ken came from CIT, uh, where he had been involved in their purchase of One West Bank. Um, had a had a prior you know career before that in in banking and so so Ken sort of been through it before. Uh, Nick Brown, our chief risk officer, you know had experience at Discover at Capital One, um, and then we hired uh, two folks onto our board uh, last year. Um, so a guy named Manolo Sanchez, who was the CEO of BBVA Compass, so that's a top 50 bank in the U.S. Sure. 
and a, and a very talented woman named Chandra Dandapani, who was um, the CTO of a division of Capital One. So she had been there for, I think, 15, 17 years, um, has a ton of experience uh, inside inside Cap One, and now now is the chief digital officer of a Fortune 500 company. So, so that's exactly right. I mean, you have to surround yourself with the right talent, um, both on the team level, the board level, and, and even the, the advisors you work with. We're working with some great advisors who, who know the space intimately. We're going to take a quick break to deliver a message from our sponsor, Blend. When consumers engage with banks, they aren't in search of financial products. They're looking for the help needed to achieve their goals. That's where Blend's digital lending platform comes in. Since the beginning, Blend has been squarely focused on driving simplicity and transparency across the consumer's every interaction with the financial institution. They've partnered with over 170 lenders to make the mortgage process faster, easier, and more secure. Now, Blend is excited to officially announce the next milestone in delivering on their larger vision, an expansion into consumer banking. What does that mean? Blend plans to support all major retail banking products on a single intelligent platform, enabling consistent experiences across products and channels. Blend is building the foundation to provide exceptional customer experiences, create incredible efficiencies for your business, and enable you to develop deeper customer relationships. Visit blend.com slash drama-free to learn more today. Again, that's blend.com slash drama-free to learn more. Uh, You've mentioned that one of the things you have to sort of figure out is whether or not getting your own charter is the best route or gaining one through an acquisition. I mean, do you have any uh, news or updates through that? Um, Are you leaning towards one or the other? So we, um, you know, on our last earnings call, we're very specific to not be specific on that <laughs> issue. So I Often wish I could. I wish I could give you more to work with there. But uh, but yeah, no, we we haven't sort of told the public yet which path we're taking. We we believe both paths are viable. Um, there are some folks out there in the fintech landscape going through this uh, in a de novo path. You know, applying for for a charter uh, themselves, and there are others who are looking at or, or have you know uh, d- decided to go the M and A route. And so, like the best example of the M and A route is probably Green Dot, which happened many years ago, mm-hmm. um, who, who acquired a small bank, and, and, and that wound up working out for them. So, um, so look, so both, both, both paths have their pros and cons, um, and certainly I think as we're prepared to say more about what path we're taking um, you know, in the coming months, uh, we, can, we can shed more light, but for now, we're, we're staying tight-lipped on that one. Gotcha. Uh, and then the last question, and I, we kind of touched on it when we talked a little bit about a potential economic downturn, but... Um, you know, why now for on deck? Uh, what do you think has um, made changed or, or, or made it possible at this point in time for on deck to really go this route with the bank charter? Yeah, no, I think it's um, it's a variety of the things we were just talking about. We we think now is the right time, um, just in our evolution. In some ways, we've been building up to this for 12 years. Uh, but when we look at the team, uh, the management team, the board, and the financial services expertise we we've managed to attract there. Uh, when you look at the maturity of the business model, um, you know the fact that we've been profitable for six straight quarters, the fact that we're very well capitalized, uh, our access to capital has actually never been stronger. We recently. 
uh, did the first triple A rated securitization of small business loans in, in kind of industry history. And so that's a real uh, you know stamp of approval from investors on on, on what we're doing here. Um, and that partially came because of our franchise risk is coming down. We being profitable and, and, and being uh, well capitalized, I think, contributed to that rating. So so I think that's part of the why now. We feel like on deck is ready. Um, you know, I think the other piece of why now is um, you know environmental. Uh, the economy is still relatively good, so it's a good time to do this. This versus maybe when the economy is not doing so well. Um, we think that that the political landscape is open right now to fintechs becoming bank charters. So if you look at some of the public statements from the heads of the FDIC or, or the, the head of the Fed, um, head of the OCC, they've been a little bit more pro-innovation, pro-opening up the tent uh, than they have been in many years. Mm-hmm. And so the regulatory and economic environment, I think, is conducive. And then finally, it's sort of following our customer and they, what customers want from us is more products and services that are delivered kind of in a streamlined online way that are designed specifically for Main Street small businesses. And and I think listening to them, too, has gotten us uh, to this place. Great. Well, we're excited to watch where this goes and to keep following this. Um, Seems like you guys got a lot on your plate and we'll definitely have an eye on on deck. Noah, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Rick. Take care. 